And like he has done for many, many years, like 26-plus here on A3OWCCO. Denny Long, along with ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Good morning to you, Dan. Good morning, Denny. How are you? How was your week? Or actually, a couple of weeks. We uh, we enjoyed uh, Nick's company last week. But, yeah, I missed, uh, things... last... I missed you last week. I'm sorry about that. But I've had a couple of good weeks. Thank you. Well, that's good. Uh, but back to back to work, back to business now. Uh, and the back to cold weather looks like according to that forecast. So I'm sure uh, you and your crew at uh, Lloyd's will be busy with those issues as usual. If you uh, are new to the show, thanks for joining us. Uh, Dan, again, has helped us out here on CCO for many years, helped you out with any kind of a car care question you might have. And as we said earlier, if you need to bring in your vehicle for service uh, at your favorite dealer, your favorite shop, and you want to know what could be ailing before you get there, it's always a good idea to have a little more information rather than less. Uh, you can call Dan or text Dan. And keep in mind, Dan's only going to be here till about 745. So don't wait. Any kind of a, co- a car care question, by all means, call or text. One number to remember, that's 651 Four six one nine two two six. We're already getting uh, getting uh, calls and questions as we speak. Uh, well, let, let's in fact let's let's grab this, and then we don't get too far behind. Uh, it's a 2020 Toyota Highlander will not defrost on cold mornings. Texter says we run the AC with the defroster, and still all the windows, uh, including the windshield and side windows, fog up. Is there a Sensor or something that isn't working? Thank you. Well, I don't think there's probably a sensor that's not working. Uh, One of the things that happens if the inside of your vehicle gets too much moisture in it, you know, if the the carpets are all wet, if the rubber floor mats are all uh, soaking wet, then uh, it's really difficult for the defroster system to get the moisture out of the car, which is what needs to happen. And the other thing that, that... uh, could be going on is you might just have a little uh, little tiny hairpin coolant leak going on inside the heater box and if you're adding moisture to the air conditioning system that way through the heater box that would also uh, cause the windows to steam up and in fact <clears throat> I wonder if that's maybe more, more likely what's going on usually when the uh, you know if the car sits out in the cold all the moisture on the on the carpet and all that freezes solid, and so it takes a while for that moisture problem to present itself. Um, twenty twenty would be a little bit new to be having a heater core problem, but uh, I wonder if that's what's going on and and what you might have to have checked. And it's a pretty big job if it does have to be done. You know, the whole dash and heater box has to come out of the car to replace that, so it's complicated. But uh, but I think if I were you, I would take that in and, and have that diagnosed. Dan, do you and uh, your crew at uh, Lloyd's see uh, heater core problems from time to time yet these days? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, uh, I wouldn't say it's very common, but, yeah, we quite often, you know, I'm sure every week we're taking a dash apart that way to put a heater or, you know, to re- repair the heater box or replace the heater box or repair the heater core, something like that. I'm sure every week we're doing that. So what exactly is it? I think I've read years ago. It's kind of like a, is it kind of like another radiator almost? It is. It's another small radiator on the inside of the car. The coolant hoses go to it through the firewall, and uh, as the engine warms up, the engine flows uh, hot coolant through the heater core, 
and uh, then that the heater core itself gets hot and then there's a fan that blows through the heater core and takes that warm air and blows it out into the car so uh, it's exactly like a like looks a little different but it's exactly like a small mm. radiator interesting if you have a car care question you want to call it in 651-461-9226 or send a text with that same number Speaking of phones, Dan, uh, Clark is calling in this morning from uh, Minneapolis, I believe. Clark, you're on uh, CCO with Dan Burns. Hello, hello. Yes, I have a question. Hello? <laughs> I've got hey. a question about my my uh, traction control on my, I've got a 2013 Chevy Impala. And for the last several months actually but i thought I, I brought it in once and they didn't think that anything was wrong but my traction control uh um if i'm just simply not in on any slick services whatsoever if i'm making a from a stop making a turn to the left usually occasionally to the right but mostly to the left it grinds a little bit and then the the traction control light will come on um, and then at one time, just one other time, some other little message came up on my dashboard that said uh, something about stabilization, check stabilization or something like that. And I called about that, and they did never heard of that. So I'm confused. <laughs> uh, well, the traction control is operated through the anti-lock brake system, and one of two things is happening on those left-hand turns. Either one of your tires is not turning uh, properly at, at the correct speed, and it's you know it's sending tires is not turning uh, properly at, at the correct speed, and it's you know it's sending a notice to the traction control system to activate, which is what's happening, or. Uh, um, there's a sensor that's not reading correctly. And more likely, it's a sensor that's not reading correctly. You know, the, the, uh, in order for the traction control to work, it needs a very, very accurate uh, count on how fast each of the four tires are turning and they're, and they're very tight parameters as to, you know, uh, when it would actually activate the anti-lock brake system to keep you from losing control of the vehicle. It just, it, it, it actually pulses the brakes for you, and that's what you're feeling, and that's what that buzzing noise is. And so I don't know why yours is overactive. If it's that one of the wheels has a braking problem, if one of the brakes is sticking on a little bit and you're on ice, then that would cause that wheel to, to uh, not turn as, as, as fast as the rest and uh, would cause the anti-lock brake system to turn on. Or, like I said, more likely the sensors aren't reading accurately. And I think that if you were to take another run at this with uh, whoever it is that you're dealing with or maybe try someone else, uh, it's a pretty common problem. We run into it quite often. And uh, sometimes it can be a little tricky to get it to act up if it's only doing it intermittently. But, um, you know, oftentimes just with an inspection, we'll see where, you know, the ring that the, that, that the anti-lock brake system counts with will be cracked or something like that. And, and uh, 
will cause symptoms like what you're experiencing. So I think you should take it back. Let them try again. If they if they don't have any luck, then you probably will have to try someone else. Try someone else. All right. Hang on, Dan. We're going to take a break. Just a reminder, Dan uh, will be taking his leave in just, well, less than 30 minutes. So if you have any kind of a car care question, call it in or text it in before we run out of time. 651-461-9226. Back with more uh, CCO Car Care Show. In a moment, 8 degrees above zero, heading for 27 here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And a good Saturday morning to you, Danny Long, back at it, along with ASE certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul in the middle of our car care show. If you have any kind of a question for your uh, about your vehicle, uh, you got to bring it in for service. Want to know maybe what's wrong with it? To call or text Dan at 651-461-9226. Speaking of text, which we'll get to in a moment, Dan, for those that may be new to the show, where the heck is Lloyd's Automotive located? Well, thank you for asking, Denny. We are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria in St. Paul. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or give a call as soon as this morning at 651-228-1316. Very good. We'll get you that uh, number before Dan leaves us, uh, which is about 745 this morning. Here's a text that it says, how many miles should you go before trans, a transmission flush on a 2019 Honda? You know, I don't have that information right in front of me on, on specific vehicles. Uh, Honda actually does, is one of the companies that still does recommend changing transmission fluid. And if you look in your owner's manual, you'll find a maintenance schedule that's in inside there but i would not be surprised if it's about every 30,000 miles or something like that and it's a very simple uh transmission change on that vehicle because it's like changing the trend or the oil on the car you simply drain it out of the of the you drain a portion of it out of the transmission and then put that exact amount back in and uh that's a transmission change on that on that car but uh uh if you just check your owner's manual, you'll find out uh, when exactly you should do that on any car. And on a lot of cars, uh, don't be surprised if you find out that they don't even recommend changing transmission fluids. They're using a lifetime synthetic uh, fluid in them, and they uh, just think that it causes more trouble than, than leaving it alone. And that's mm. what they recommend. Is that more often the case with these newer cars? It's getting to be that way. That's true. Yep. Yep. Here's a question, Dan. It says, are Blizzak or another snow tire worth the money for a Honda Accord? Can you really tell the difference? Uh, You can absolutely really tell the difference. That's for sure. As far as whether it's worth it or not, you'd have to be the judge of that. Uh, Lots of people do switch their tires between summer tires and winter tires. And uh, I personally do not because I don't want to storm and deal with all that and i don't have anywhere to go you know i it's a three mile drive to work so uh you know i don't have a need for them but people who do need them and people who have long commutes and are out on the highways and stuff they will say that they love them and they're almost afraid not to drive with uh snow tires so if your application is correct then i think that if you were to get 
snow tires like Blizzx. That's a great option. You'll find that uh, that they're terrific. All right. Uh, Dave from Lionel Lake sends in the text. Thanks, Dave, for your comments. It's a great show. <laughs> Somebody must have had a dad here uh, in the business. Dave, for one, said it reminds me. The show reminds me of my dad's repair station. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's know, the difference? <laughs> Dave wants bar- to go ahead. My barber, uh, who I get my hair cut with quite often, uh, her dad was uh, an auto mechanic her whole life growing up. And, and so, you know, it, with, with our job, when you've been in the shop all day, it comes, it, it creates a smell that she recognizes <laughs> and she appreciates. And uh, so, yeah, she, it's the same story. What a great story. Uh, Dave says, uh, the question is, what's the difference between nitrogen air and regular air, meaning the tires, I presume? Can they be mixed? They certainly can. They are mixed anywhere, anyway, in the environment. The uh, nitrogen air that they put in tires, really what it amounts to is the oxygen is removed and the nitrogen is what's left behind. So... uh, but they're they're mixed together in the environment. They can be mixed, although know that if you've paid to have nitrogen installed in your tires and you now uh, put regular atmospheric air in the tires, you have contaminated the nitrogen and you now have oxygen back in there, and so they will uh, have it. You know, will be affected by uh, temperature more and and uh, moisture and those sorts of things compared to nitrogen only. Okay. There's a tire question, Dan. I, it sounds simplistic, but I think when you think about it uh, as a as a, a civilian, we'll call it, not as a certified technician, are 17-inch tires much larger than 16? Well, it seems like it'd be an inch difference, yeah. but I mean it's... They, they, they are, but, uh, you know, the, the whole math formula around tires, you know, like you'll see that... The, a tire size, for example, will be P215 75R17, for example. Mm-hmm. The 17 part means that it's the tire is actually mounted on a 17-inch rim. The inside diameter of the tire is 17 inches. The beginning number, the whatever that is, 235 or something like that, is actually the width of the tire. And the 70 or 75 or whatever that number happens to be, the middle number, is the, is the profile height. And what that is is a percentage of the tire uh, width. So if the, if the width is 235 and the profile is 70, then the tire is uh, 70% as high as it is wide. And that's why these, you know, when you get into some fancy tires and cars and wheels and those sorts of things, when you get down to the, you know, the 50s or the 45 uh, profile percentage, uh, the tire, the, you know, the tire is not very tall anymore. And in our Minnesota weather where we get uh, potholes and stuff, uh, they can have a hard time with that. So, you know, the taller tires, the the higher profile tires are uh, safer when it comes to potholes and things like that because there's more room for the tire to flex before it gets into the metal and bends it. Yeah, good question. Interesting. 
All right, I tell you what, I'm getting a signal, Dan. We need to break, and uh, we're going to have, uh, I don't know, 10, 12 more minutes uh, of the show, so don't wait. We have more text messages to pass along as well. Uh, the weather's coming up here, so stay with us on News Talk 830 WCCO. Hey, good Saturday morning to you. We're in the midst of our car care show. We are here, by the way, every Saturday in the 7 o'clock hour, right after the 7 o'clock news break. Denny Long here, along with ASE certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Question for you, Dan, from a listener says, does Lloyd's do alignment on a two-wheel drive Ranger? Yes, we sure do, and so does every other shop that does alignments in town. A two-wheel drive Ranger is a is a simple vehicle uh, to align, and uh, yeah, that's a very very uh, common and simple job. Okay, uh, how big of a job is this? Uh, a listener's question: Is it to replace a heater fan motor in a Nissan, a nineteen ninety nine Pathfinder? Do you have to take out the dash, or it is under the hood? Well, I don't know if you got to. Yeah, I don't. I would not have that uh, without looking that up. Right. Uh, if you know, if if you were to call my shop or any shop, they could quickly look that up for you and give you an estimate on it. And based on the amount of time that they're charging you for, you could have a pretty good idea about how big a job it is uh, to do that job. But I, my guess is that it does come out from under the. Uh, Dash. Not very often do they come out under the hood anymore, but uh, but you'd have to look it up to see for sure. Okay. Here's a 2014 Toyota RAV4 all-wheel drive. It says, when I apply the brake, I hear a clicking noise, not a brake grinding noise. The brakes and rotors have been replaced about six months ago. Any ideas? Well, I don't have an idea without looking at it, but anytime you're getting noise uh, from the brakes, you should have that checked. And, uh, you know, I think uh, a drive, a test drive with a professional would give you a lot of information about what that noise is. First of all, whether it's safe or not, uh, whether it needs to be have attention immediately. Um, but I think you should at least go that far with it and have a professional give you their opinion based on what they hear. But uh, clicking... Uh, you know, a rhythmic clicking, I'm, I assume they're talking about. A rhythmic clicking from the brakes aren't all that common. Uh, maybe something's going on, like where they, one of the brake rotors that they put on has, you know, some sort of scar on it that you're hearing. But, but uh, without hearing the noise, I would have no idea. Very good. Uh, here's one. It says, I have a 2009 Chevy Silverado, three-quarter ton, four-by-four. I do not use it very often, and I just put a new battery in it three weeks ago. Now, all of a sudden, the remote start does not work, and the four-by-four will not kick in. In fact, it has not worked since I put a new battery in. What do you think? Well, uh, um, could be. Uh, I think perhaps both of those uh, problem or both of those uh, uh, um, parts on the on the vehicle are disabled if the check engine light is on, and so that's one thing that I would check is 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 the check engine light is on, or at least uh, have it checked and see if there's some codes stored in there. Uh, I think when the check engine light's on, just for safety purposes, it disables some of that stuff, and so uh, I would start there. 
and find out what the codes are, and I'm pretty sure you'll find that there are some, and uh, see what needs to be done to uh, clear out those codes, and if and then and then uh, simply clear the codes out and see if all that stuff comes back to life. And I have an idea that it will. It's not uncommon if you had battery trouble that there would be uh, you know battery voltage codes stored in several of the different computers, and if that's the case. That might be why those systems are disabled. Follow up on this same question from this listener. It says, is there a fuse for the 4x4? Well, there probably is, but I would not say that's a common mm-hmm. uh, problem with it. I think more likely uh, there's there's a, a code stored in there that's uh, causing the vehicle to disable it for, for safety purposes. Here's one that goes back to our uh, conversation about transmission fluid. This listener says, how can I check my transmission fluid on my 2003 Chev Malibu? I can't find the dipstick. (laughs) That's really common nowadays also, Denny. And in fact, uh, on many, uh, to check the transmission fluid on many vehicles, you actually need a scan tool so that you can, uh, can measure the exact temperature of the transmission fluid and there's a procedure that you go through and oftentimes there is no dipstick you uh, fill the transmission to the point at whatever point it is uh, when it's exactly at the right temperature and wait for the fluid to after you filled it let the fluid run back out to a point and uh, then you're done and so it's very common that you would not have a transmission dipstick anymore uh, we've got great listeners always uh, come up with some great uh, solutions sometimes. And uh, I'm not sure if that earlier uh, question, that listener, uh, remember with the fogged up windows. and uh, But we've had two texts since then saying, on the moisture in the car, I had a friend who did compl- the same complaining. He always had the recirculation air on. Turn on the fresh air. Life was good. That's a very good idea. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you do have moisture in the car, that's one of the things that will help solve that problem is to bring, you know, that right now the air outside is very dry. And so if you bring that dry air in, that might take care of your problem. If I get this, to, a listener says this, if I get an aluminum radiator from my classic car, should I put a small amount of sealer on the hose connections? I've read that sometimes these radiators don't seal as well, but I don't want to mess it up doing that. Yeah, I probably would not do that. You know, you're still um, <clears throat> installing a rubber radiator hose, and uh, if the radiator hose is having uh, trouble sealing, usually it's because the radiator hose itself has gotten too old and has gotten too hard. So I think that if you put a, uh, you know, a soft new radiator hose uh, in, I think that'll work a lot better than making a big mess by trying to put sealer on the hoses themselves. I think we have time maybe for one more, maybe two. Let's see here. 2014 Chrysler Town & Country, E85 capable, never used E85. Any pluses and minuses of starting to use E85? No, I think the vehicle's designed for it, and uh, it actually does that calculation to determine the percentage of alcohol that's in the uh, fuel tank so it can be mixed and matched and all that sort of stuff um i think one thing that you'll find is that the price is significantly less for the fuel 
but the mileage is also not as good. With the high al alcohol content, there's not as much energy uh, in, the, in the fuel as with a petroleum product, and, and so your mileage won't be as good, but, but the price is quite a bit cheaper, so it's probably worth it. That's the trade-off. Okay. Let's do one more, Dan, before we let you go. Battery dead. Uh, this is a 2012 Range Rover. Uh, battery's dead. Jumped it, took it in. They said alternator was pushing too much energy to the battery. Need a new alternator. This is, this makes sense. Too much energy to the battery. It could be if they, uh, a volt. Uh, every alternator needs a voltage regulator, which controls the amount of voltage that's going to the battery. And if that gets to be too high, if the voltage regulator is stuck, and the alternator is charging high all the time. It actually will ruin the battery. So, yes, that does make sense. And uh, if that's what they say, you probably can trust that diagnosis. Finally, a, a, a question, uh, not a car care question, but are you still hearing about catalytic converter thefts? Not as much. We have not done as many, which is good news. Maybe they're, they've all been taken already. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I did hear that there was some legislation at least in the city of St. Paul, uh, where the penalty for possessing uh, catalytic converters is now a larger penalty. I think it's a misdemeanor. And so at least now the police have some ammunition to use against the, th the thieves that if they've got a trunk load of catalytic converters, that's illegal. You can't do that anymore. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, thank you for that. Listener and uh, Dan, we're out of time. Uh, let's uh, let's get the number for those that want to visit you guys at the Lloyd's Automotive or need some help. How do we do that? Yeah, well, you can come on over. That's the best thing to do. We are at nine eighty two Grand Avenue in St. Paul. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, l l o y d s lloydsautomotive.net, or give us a call as soon as today six five one two two eight one three. One six. I'll be doing that very thing because I'm taking your, your advice and getting uh, the second of my two visit oil changes for my car. So you'll be hearing from me this week. Oh, good. I'll look forward to that. All right. Thanks, Dan. Dan Burns, Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Stay tuned next for our wine chat with Jack Farrell. And then get those lawn and garden questions ready for Julie Weisenhorn in the 8 o'clock hour. Our Smart Garden Show will get underway at 8. Here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO.